Aren't you thankful to be in the house of God tonight? Aren't you thankful for his presence in this place? It's so good to have Pastor Riggin home. I sure missed him, missed having him around here. <laughs> Glad they made it home safely. I was looking forward to hearing him preach, and then I saw him when I picked him up at the airport, and I thought, uh-oh, I'm preaching. <laughs> so good to have him home, though. Let's get into the Word of God this evening. Turn, in, turn to Joshua 1 and verse 10. Joshua 10, I mean 1 and verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Let's go before the Lord here tonight and ask God to move in this place in a mighty way. Oh God, I praise you, God. We need you to move in this place today, God. Oh God, I love you, Jesus. Oh God, I love you. You may be seated. We read the story of the children of Israel, how God brought them out of the land of Egypt, how he brought them out of bondage, and how he brought them all the way to almost to the promised land, how they turned their backs on God, they rebelled against God, and said, God, for the rebellion, God did not allow them to go into the promised land. He waited 40 or they wandered in the wilderness 40 years for those that that had turned their backs on God to die off, for that that spirit to leave the congregation of Israel, that spirit of rebellion against God, that doubt against God. We read how they were almost there. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, in our scripture reading tonight in Joshua 1 and 10, they are at the, or at the river. They're, they're about to go in. Joshua says, in three days' time, you will go in and possess the land which the Lord your God has given to you. The, that land that was promised to your fathers, Abraham. That land that is your inheritance. That land that, that is your promise from God. That is what God will give to you when you cross the river. 
We read the story of how they, the spies went into the land. They went into Jericho. They saw the great city. Rahab the harlot led them down through the wall. At night, they escaped the people that were searching for them to keep them from bringing that message back to Joshua. We read this story. We get a picture of the situation that that or the a, or the, a picture of how it was at that time. How they were at the edge of the river, at the edge of the promise of God, but not quite there. They were. They could see into the promised land. They could see across the river into that land that was promised them, right there on the brink of what their promise was. But yet. They were just to cross the river. They were just on the other side of being able to possess the promise. The children had a promise that was given to them. It was that promise that they would possess the land that flowed with milk and honey. You are going to need to prepare yourself or they needed to prepare themselves with vittles. They needed to prepare themselves before they could cross over unto the other side. Before they could cross to the Jordan River and to the promised land. We're the same way as the church of God. We're sitting here at, at the brink of revival. At the brink of of something that God wants to do, a great miraculous work that God wants to do. But first, we have to prepare ourselves. We've been doing that through the hearing of the Word of God that we've been hearing. We, we've heard the proclamation that God is... It, Revival is almost here. That revival is at hand. That revival is at the door. We may not see it as I heard Pastor Riggins say one time in Albuquerque. That when you see a dead animal on the side of the road, you see growth there, but it's actually dead. Revival is not always through the, the growth in numbers. That comes after there is revival of the Spirit. After there is revival of your spiritual or in your spiritual walk with God, that is when the growth of revival comes. That is when God will bless the church. That is when God will do the work. But you have, they had to prepare themselves before they could receive the promise. We've been doing that. We've been preparing ourselves. It is something that through the leading of the Holy Ghost, through the leading of the shepherd that we have been able to do. We've been able to prepare ourselves through prayer and fasting, reading of the word of God, that we could be prepared for the promise of God. Prepared through the praying. Prepared through our dedication to God. Jeremiah 35 and 1 through 8. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Joash, king of Judah, saying, Go into the house of the Rechabites and speak unto them and bring them into the house of the Lord into one of the chambers and give them wine to drink. Then I... Took Jehazahim, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, and his brethren, and all the, his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, unto the chamber of the son of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, which was above the chamber 
of Maashi, the son of Shalem, the keeper of the door. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups. And I said unto them, Drink ye wine. But they said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Neither shall ye build houses, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any. But all your days ye shall dwell in tents, that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Thus have we obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he hath commanded us to drink no wine. All our days, we, our wives, our sons, and our daughters, and then it goes on to describe how they built no houses, how they planted no vineyards. But to understand why the setting of this, why Je uh, Jeremiah brought them, or God had Jeremiah bring them in and do this, you have to go back and you have to read of the story of Jehu. When he was on his way to kill the prophets of Baal. When he was on his way to bring down the idolatry in the land. He was on his chariot going to kill the prophets of Baal. And there was a man on the side of the road. There was a man on the side of the road named Rahab. Or Rahab and Jehu stopped and he said, Is thy heart the same as my heart is with my God? Not a direct quote, but these, what he was saying is, is, is your heart right with God? Is your heart the same as my heart? Is your heart willing to do something for God? Is your heart prepared in a right manner, in a right way that you can be used of God? He said, yes, I am. And then we know the story how they went and they, they killed the prophets of Baal. They brought down the idolatry in the land. They were used of God. But then Rahab, go, Rahab goes on to, to make a covenant or, or a commandment for his children that they should not drink wine, that they should not build houses, that they should not have vineyards. Why did he do that? Because he wanted them to have a covenant with God that no matter what, I'm going to keep my life right. I'm going to keep myself prepared for when the man of God calls, for when God's wanting to use somebody, I'm here, I'm able to be used of God. They, were, they had a covenant. They said these are the things. We're going to keep ourselves separated. We're going to keep ourselves holy. We're not going to partake of wine. We're not going to build houses. We're going to be strangers in the land. Because Judah at that time was, was in idolatry. They were having the judgments of God poured out on them. Because Nebuchadnezzar was at the gates of Jerusalem. Everybody was wicked, but yet there was still a remnant in the land. Yet there was still somebody that said, huh, I've followed after the commandments of my forefathers. I will not drink no wine. I will not pervert myself before the Most High God. <clears throat> but I'm willing to be used of God. I'm willing to follow after this. But Jehu wanted his children, wanted his inheritance to be ready to be used of God. 
Why not have a heart that's willing to be used of God? A heart that, that God sees something in that he can use. But Rahab, when he was on the side of the road, he was standing there. And he was willing to drop everything that he had. He was willing to leave those things behind. And to follow after the leading of God. To follow after the, what God was wanting to do. He was there. He was prepared. His heart was right before the Lord. But the children of Israel, they were on the edge of the the promise that God had given them. And they were there. They were there. They were ready to take a hold of that promise that God had given them. They were standing there on the brink of a promise. They were standing there on the brink of what God was wanting to do. To bring them into that land that was flowing with milk and honey. They were standing there at that dividing line. The dividing point of the river. That dividing land or that dividing point between the promise that God had for them. And the promise that was just on the other side. But we as the church are at that same point. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Regan, but I feel like we're at that same point. We're at the edge of something. We're, we're just, we're reaching out. We've been fighting hell. We've been fighting the demons of hell. Because Satan's not happy about what we're doing around here. We God, he sees what God's about to do. He sees that we're right here on the edge of the river and the promise is just on the other side. He sees that God's about to do a mighty work. And he doesn't want us to do that. But we got to keep in our minds that we're going to have the same mentality of the Rechabites. That I'm here. I'm willing to be used of God. I'm waiting of what God is about to do but I'm going to keep myself right I'm going to keep myself pure I'm going to keep myself holy before God we know how they cross the river and once they cross the river they cross right at where Jericho is at we know the story from the time we went to Sunday school how they walked around the 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 walls of Jericho seven times and on the seventh time they blew the trumpet the people shouted and the walls fell down God brought a great victory but it says in uh, Joshua 6 and 1 through 2 now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel none went out none came with came in and the Lord said unto unto uh, Joshua, see, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. But he's saying that our God has given this to you. God has given the victory. We read the story of how the only thing they did to bring the victory was being obedient to God. To making no sound when they walked around the, around the walls of Jericho once a day. But on that last day, when the trumpet blew, they shouted with a great voice. They shouted a proclamation of victory that God has won the victory, that God is destroying. 
these walls that are keeping us from destroying the enemy because God is going to do it. God is going to do the work. But we're at that point that we're there. We're doing what God said. We're obeying the word of God. We're doing what he's promised. But God will bring the victory. But they gave a great shout. And that's when the wall came, fell, fell down. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went into the city even men straight before him and they took the city and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city both man woman young old ox sheep with the edge of the sword. But they destroyed everything that was in. Because God was able to break the wall. Because God was able to knock it flat. Not by anything they did. Except obeying what God had told them to do. But we read how. That was the land of their inheritance. That was the land that God had promised them. They're told that this is where God has, has given them to or brought them to, to possess the land. Once they were in the land, once they were there, once they had, had started to settle throughout the land, we read of how We read how in Joshua, we read in Joshua 12 and 13. Now therefore give us this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For the hardest of that day, how the Anakims were there. Or hardest in that day, how the Anakims were there. And the cities were great. And fenced, if so be the Lord, will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out. As the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him. And gave unto Caleb, the son of Jehoshaphat, Herob, for an inheritance. But he came to Joshua and he said, give me my mountain. Give me my inheritance. Give me this place that, that, that was told that I could have. But he said, I see the great men that are in. These giants that are living in the land. These giants that are going to try to keep me from getting a hold of my promise. That are going to try to keep me from possessing that place that was promised to me. But he said, God is with me. God will fight with me. He said just before that, that I'm old, but I have that same strength. I have that same vigor that I had in my youth because God is by my side. Because God is willing to fight with me. 
So he said, Joshua, give me my mountain. I was with you, Joshua, Joshua, when we went and spied out the land. And I saw this place. And I was like, I want that to be mine. And God promised that to me. We've been promised this land. We've been promised this place, this city of Olathe. Now it's time that we go in and we possess that land of promise. That land that was given to us because why I feel like I'm a young man or figuratively I am a young man but I feel like I'm young and I've got that strength of God on my side that I'm going to fight the battle that I'm going to stand against the enemy against the giants that are going to come in and try to tear down what I'm trying to do. Because what am I doing? I'm doing a work for God. I'm doing something that's pleasing to God. Joshua 4 and 4. We've already... We've read to the point where they're up in the, the right at the edge, the right at that point. Before they cross the river, they're at that dividing line between where the promise is at and where they're at. Right on that brink, right on the edge of the promise of God. We read in Joshua 4 and 4. Then Joshua called the 12 men who he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe and man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God unto the midst of Jordan. And take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them. And the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as jo Joshua commanded. And took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan. As the Lord spake unto Joshua. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged. And laid them down there. But they grabbed from the middle of the river. They grabbed these stones. One man from every tribe, a man that had been prepared by Joshua, a man that had been chosen for the task to carry this stone to the other side. But he told these men to follow after the Ark of the Covenant. He told these men to follow after the leading of the Holy Ghost. 
because the ark was was the representation of God's God's spirit. And they followed after that 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 thing that that represented God, that that covenant, the ark of the covenant. But he told them to follow after that, to follow after that thing that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. But we're the same way today that we got to follow after the leading of the Holy Ghost. We're here at the brink. We're at that point. We're at the point of the river. We're at that crossing of the Jordan. We've heard of what God did for them when they crossed the river. How he destroyed Jericho. How at just just their, at the shout and their obedience to God. That he destroyed the walls that were around Jericho. But first, when they were crossing the river, they took the time to grab some stones, to grab these things that they could carry across to the other side, that they could lay as a memorial of what God had done for the future generations. They grabbed these stones, they grabbed them up, and they put them on their shoulders, and they began to walk across that river that would normally be overflowing its banks at that time, which was the time of harvest. But they got, they got those things because they saw what God had just did. They saw... How God had just parted the river. How God had, had parted that so they could walk across. But they, they got these stones. And they began to carry them across. And they were doing this. Because we're going to set up a memorial unto our God. This is what God has brought us from. This is the promise that we're now living in. But you see this right here. This is a memorial unto my God. Or unto the future generations of what my God did. But we got to do the same thing here that we're walking. We're at that brink. We're almost there to the promised land. We're in the midst of this dry riverbed because God made it dry. God made the pathway across the river. We're there at that point, and we got to reach down and grab a stone and put it on our shoulder and say, I see that promise there. I'm walking to that promise. I see that promise on the other side of the river. But first, let me make a memorial unto my, the people that's going to come so that they don't forget. This is what God has done for us. This is where God has brought us from. It was a memorial of that promise that God had given them. A memorial of that place where God had brought them from. The very next chapter, you read how God begins to work for them. Because first, they set up a memorial, Brother Regan. First, they took the time to say, we're not going to forget. We're going to set something up today that this is a memorial. We can set this up in our heart tonight on, on this Tuesday night that I'm going to make a memorial unto my God. I see what he's about to do. I'm right in the middle of that dividing line. I'm right here between where we were at and the revival that's coming. I'm right here in the middle and I'm going to take the time to reach down 
and grab a stone and carry it to the other side. So why? Why am I doing this? So I don't forget of what God has brought me from when I'm walking with my son, when I'm walking with my daughter. And they see this pile of stones that I've set up in my life. This pile of stones that I've placed here for a reason. That I can say, son, we took these, daughter, we took these out of the middle of the river. We took it out of that place that was keeping us from our promise. We're taking this from that dividing point. So that one day I could show you this is where God has brought us from. This is what God has done for us. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're at that dividing point tonight. If somebody could say, here I am, God. I see the promise that's on the other side. I see but I'm going to get something. I'm going to get this, this rock that I'm carrying on my shoulder. And I'm going to plant it at this place. Then the next person is going to come along. And they're going to get another rock. And they're going to put it on top of that one. Because that's my memorial to my God. This is what he's done. This is where he's brought us from. This is how he parted the Red Sea. This is a memorial to the future generations that is to come. That my God did this for me at this time, on this day. So I can look back. I can put a day, a time, an hour to that time that I crossed that dividing line. That time where I walked across the river. Let's worship the Lord for a minute. Let's pray. Let's seek after the Holy Ghost here. Is there somebody here tonight that can say, God, I'm at that dividing point. I want to be one of those people that carries carries that, that item of memorial to the other side that I can put it on the ground so I can come back to and say, this, at this day, God parted the Red Sea. God, I mean the Jordan River, God put that dividing or broke that dividing point. That place that was dividing us or keeping us from our promise. That is the day God did it for me. Is there somebody that could say, God, use me to set up a memorial. There was 12 chosen men that were used to carry those stones across as a memorial unto God. So somebody that can say, God, use me as a workman that can help to, to build a memorial for you. Because I see my mountain. I see my promise over on the other side. And I'm willing to fight for it. Let's seek after the Holy Ghost here for 